On today's Locked on Jayhawks, Kansas escapes West Virginia, the magic number, down to one to clinch at least a share of the Big 12. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well. Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence, your flagship station in town. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. And on today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we're going to be going over KU just scathing by West Virginia, almost trying to kind of blow it at the end there, but able to make it out with a victory and now they are a win away on senior night against Texas Tech from clinching a share of the Big 12. They are a win in a Texas loss, so that either means KU just beating Texas in the finale or winning the next two or Kansas beating Texas Tech and Texas losing to TCU on the road from clinching the Big 12 outright. First, though, this episode of Locked On Jayhawks is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. KU takes down West Virginia, 76 to 74, the final score in Allen Fieldhouse. So I guess first things first, their magic number is down to one. Uh, Baylor did some help for you, took down Texas in Waco. And so that means the Big 12 standings, Kansas is in the number one position. I mean, literally, what was it, three weeks ago? Three weeks ago, Kansas was two games behind Texas. And now they're a game in front of them. This Big 12 is ridiculous, and Kansas has gotten, a, gotten on a roll here. We've seen this many, many times in the Bills Elf era, and uh, they're doing it again. So the magic number is down to one. What that magic number means, you see that a lot in like the baseball world, is that Kansas just needs either a Texas loss or a KU win to clinch at least the share of the Big 12. Now, in terms of clinching the league outright, their magic number would be two. Um, so you beat Tech, boom. There you go. You got it. And it's an extra celebration on senior night. By the way, get ready if you're going to the game to stay late because if they win the game, you're going to have the Big 12 trophies come out and you're going to have senior speeches, although there's only going to be two of them this year um, with Kevin McCuller and Jalen Wilson. So uh, get ready to stay a little late. But once again, West Virginia put a real scare into you in Allen Fieldhouse. You were able to fight through it. You were able to come away with the victory. I think... When you look at the short term, there's some things we can take away from this game, but I think the biggest long-term story for sure of this game, besides like what it does for you in trying to win the Big 12, is the health of Dewan Harris. Um, as of recording, don't totally know what his situation's going to be. He didn't come back into the game, which is not a great sign, though it was only with like a minute and so left to play, so you know, maybe if... That injury happens with seven minutes ago. He comes back a few minutes later. We did see him walk through the handshake line. So that's a good sign. Didn't look to be limping at all, but also it's a lot easier to walk. Um, I didn't know if it was his foot, his ankle, or what, uh, than it would be to kind of run around. So uh, we'll kind of see and what his status is for Tuesday's game against Texas Tech. If you don't have him, the game becomes a lot more of a, I don't know, maybe not still a toss-up because you're still at home. You still should have the better team. But it becomes a lot more tenable for Texas Tech to pull the upset if Dewan Harris can't go, especially after Bobby Pettiford and Joe Yesifu just had a game where they kind of struggled and they'd be the guys that you'd be looking to to fill in. 
Um, so that's kind of the biggest long-term story. You just hope that he's all right. He is arguably the most valuable player on KU's team. He played so well against West Virginia to help you win. And he has been on an absolute tear here of late. It's not just that you hope he's back and okay. It's that you hope he's back and playing at 100% to the guy we know he's been here over the last few weeks when Kansas has been on a roll, in large part due to what Dewan Harris has been. As far as what happened in the game, first half, you have a close game at halftime. West Virginia was hitting some tough shots. Uh, you had like Trey Mitchell hitting one off the heel that bounced in on the three. Um, KU had six offensive fouls in the first half, so you don't really expect that to repeat at all. It was kind of a slow first half as, as it was for the game, for the bench. Uh, slow first half and kind of was for the game too, for Jalen Wilson. He didn't have like a super inefficient game or anything. Like I, I think it was only, what, 10 shots for Jalen, but um, continues to kind of be, you know, not putting up the numbers we remember through the first three months of the season here. Don't know if it was him getting tired after trying to carry the team so much. Don't know if it's him hitting a wall. Don't know if it's teams just defending him and, and scouting him better over the course of the season, but that's certainly something to watch. I do think it was interesting because in some of the other games that Jalen hasn't had as good of games, like where he scored in single digits, KU has earned some big-time victories. You think back to the Texas game, you think to the TCU game last week, and – I just always took that away more as, hey, if everybody on the team is stepping up, but Jalen's struggling, that is going to be more than Jalen doing well and the rest of the team struggling. But at the end of the day, you still need everybody stepping up and Jalen stepping up to be at your A-plus game, which we did see that at some games early in the year, like possibly the Indiana game and, and for sure like the Missouri game when you beat a uh, possible NCAA tournament team on the road by 30 points, right? That was a pure example of that. And I think this was a game where it showed you that, hey, like all your other starters stepped up, but you still almost lost the game because you do need Jalen to, you know, get back to where he was playing earlier in the season. But it wasn't like a bad game for him. It just wasn't, again, one of the prime Jalen Wilson games that you're going to be pointing to when he's a first-team All-American at the end of the season. So then you get to the second half. KU's just hitting all these shots. Uh, I mean, they, they start hitting some crazy ones. Like you had the Kevin McCuller banked in three toward the end of the game. And it kept feeling like, okay, the Kevin McCuller banked three, the the Grady Dick three to, to go up whatever it was, 71 to um, 64, I think, um, or 71, 65, whatever it was. And it was like, okay, they're going to, they're gonna, you know, they're going to pull away here at the end. But West Virginia kept answering. Eric Stevenson hit some big shots. You had Trey Mitchell hitting big shots for him. They just kept swinging back at you and would not go away. And then toward the end of the game, I mean, in the second half, it was a problem with with containing their offensive rebounding. They were just getting so many extra possessions. And then you almost turn the game over. You miss too many free throws. You almost blew that game. But in the end, you come up with a stop on the last possession. Thanks to Joe Toussaint traveling. I don't know why Toussaint just didn't take the corner three when he initially caught the ball. I know he's not a great three-point shooter. It was kind of an open look. You had a late contest coming out for KU. Um, but certainly, you know, looking back for KU, it worked out in uh, their favor and, and everything turned out okay for Kansas. But uh, that would have been a torturous loss to lose an Allen Fieldhouse if you did when you would have had the opportunity to get where you are now, where you're a step away from getting a share of the Big 12. But you won that game in the end because of your offensive shooting, minus the free throws. Free throws weren't great for you, but you shot 55% from the floor. You went 10 of 20 from three-point range. You won that game because of your shooting. You struggled with turnovers. You had 19 of them. Now, albeit... Um, that's like one of the highest numbers of the season for KU, but what there were seven or eight offensive fouls on KU. So you don't really expect that to happen every game, uh, but still probably too many turnovers. I mean, for 
Garfield's rebounding was an issue. Defense at large was kind of an issue for KU. You just kind of won because you shot better. And that's not a win that Bill Self is going to feel great about, but that's kind of how it went for KU. So bottom line, you got the win that you needed. Texas lost. You're in good shape for the Big 12. You're in good shape for a one seed. You're in contention for the one seed overall right now if you keep winning. Um, maybe you even have the inside track. You just got to get Dewan Harris healthy moving forward, and then that would be the biggest win out of all this. Uh, who knows? You know, we've, we've seen so much big man injuries headed into the tournament from KU that this would just be another, like, eye roll of, like, obviously Dewan not a big man, but oh, here we go, another guy, key player injured heading into the NCAA tournament. So you just hope that uh, that doesn't happen for KU. All right, we're going to get on to our goats of the game. We'll get to our good and our bad. First, this episode... Locked on is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Then you got to try Built Bar. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then try Built Bar because healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bar so good? For starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how they do it, but these bars maintain a amazing macros and and tastes like a candy bar what's even better they're healthy only 130 calories four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein and now you don't need to wait around to get a box you still can you can order at built.com but you can also get them at your local walmart or sam's club so head to your nearest walmart you can go to the pharmacy section grab yourself a box of built bars you can pick a four bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate coconut puffs or if you're close to a sam's club run in grab a 13 bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro you can thank me later with bill bar okay getting on to our goats of the game here we'll start with the good doris um again stinks that that he had the injury deal if he was so awesome for ku 17 points seven of nine from the floor two of three from three-point range he did have a turnover. Man, not used to seeing those from Dewan. Just the one turnover. But that is crazy. In a game where Kansas had 19 turnovers, Dewan Harris had just one. Unbelievable. Uh, he had six assists to the one turnover for KU. And how many steals did he have? I mean, at, I think five for the game. It was, it was a career high where he just, there was a guy shooting and he was able to smack it down or just poking away. He was so important for you, getting out in transition, getting you easier shots, facilitating the offense, being aggressive, scoring the basketball. Uh, he was he was unbelievable, and uh, certainly the MVP for my books for the game for KU, uh, both in terms of what he did offensively and defensively. Grady Dick gets a good goat. He had 16 points. He went 5 of 8 from three-point range, really got his three-point shot going again. He really shot well against West Virginia in the two games this season. He also added six rebounds. He added three assists. Um, he did, I mean, I don't know, if, if Kansas loses that game, does he wind up here because of the late turnover and, and maybe struggling a bit down the stretch? Maybe, maybe not. I, I think overall he did play a good enough game, but yeah, certainly the the finish there was not great for, for KU, but they were able to come out with the victory, and Grady Dick was a big reason why they were even in that position toward the end of the game to have the lead, which they almost gave up. Kevin McCuller gets a good goat. How about the banked-in three, man? Uh, that was rather important for KU. He ended up with 16 points, five of eight from the floor, two of four from three. So he hit two threes in the same game. He also added four rebounds. Again, many times this season, 
does Kevin McCuller come up with a big defensive play toward the end? I mean, just both games last week, he has the, the blocks against TCU at the end of the game. This time he has the block coming over from behind on Trey Mitchell, who was on the uh, block against Grady Dick, and Kevin McCuller comes with the help defense, gets it away, and boom, that was a very important possession for KU. So Kevin, great on the defensive end as always. The offense came around. I mean, the offense has been coming around lately. He's been really good at driving, but I guess the, the shooting came around. He also hit like a deep mid-range shot too um so really good game overall for kevin kj adams gets a good go 13 points six rebounds and five assists really filled up the stat sheet for you anytime we're seeing kj get five or six rebounds that's like been a good rebounding game for him so you certainly take that but yeah those five assists being able to operate kind of out of the short roll being able to pull the big man jimmy bell away from the basket who is a really big dude usually he's uh, a guy who's going to clog the lane and maybe can open up a cut. Maybe he can op open somebody else up from three. That was really helpful to have KJ in the middle as it really has all season long because of his ability to be a good passer and get the ball out. Um, so KJ really good. And, and it's funny, you had all those four starters. To be clear, I didn't have Jalen Wilson on the good or bad. I, I thought it was just a ho-hum game for Jalen. You know, nothing to write home about, but he wasn't you know, a problem for you out there either. Um but you had four or your five starters step up and you barely needed a win. Why would that be? Well, it was the defense, which we'll get to here in a second. The last good goat that I have is this quote from Bob Huggins, the head coach for West Virginia. I will blast their ass as far and as long as I can if they don't let these guys in the NCAA tournament, talking about the NCAA tournament committee. So right now, West Virginia is on the bubble. They came into that game as an 11 seed. Um, we're going to have a conversation with Graham Doran on RCST later today and, and see where things are at with, with some of the Big 12 teams. Uh, but certainly West Virginia needs to close strong. Probably win one of their last two here. Maybe win like a – because they'll be in the play-in game. They definitely have to win like the, the play-in game or whatever it's called to get into the quarterfinals of the Big 12 tournament. And then at that point, like if you can win in your first-round game in the Big 12 tournament, you probably feel like you're in. If not, you're on the bubble. We're going to see some of these leagues where maybe they weren't supposed to be two bid leagues, like a team upsets their way through the conference tournament and, and wins the league and it bursts somebody bubble. You hope that's not West Virginia. But I think – I'll be really interested to see what the tournament committee does with some of these Big 12 teams toward the bottom of the league, like your Oklahoma State's, West Virginia's, Texas Tech's, that aren't going to have great overall records. And normally, I am not a proponent of when you see these teams that are, you know, 17 and 14 making it into the NCAA tournament over, like, for instance, a mid major team that goes like 28 and three. Like, I think you have to value winning because that's at the end of the day what you're doing. But in a case like this year, where the Big 12 is so insanely good and a team that like West Virginia, who is what five and eleven in Big Twelve play, if you put them in like the ACC, honestly, what's their record? Are they like the inverse of that? Are they like eleven and five? I think that has to kind of matter this year. I think there should be extra respect given to those bottom tier Big Twelve teams for as insane of a conference as it is. Now, if you want to put West Virginia or, or one of these lower Big Twelve teams that don't have the great record, and you feel weird about the optics, and you're like, let's make them earn it in, let's put them in the playing game. I think that's fine too, but I do think West Virginia is a tournament team, especially with Kedrian Johnson, him coming back for the Mountaineers and and being a really good point guard um, helps them so much, and being a scoring guy like. He has been such a valuable player. I think they're a team that could win a game or two in the NCAA tournament, like similar to Iowa State last year, who was an 11 seed and made it to the Sweet 16. I don't rule that out with any of the Big 12 teams if they make it, even if it is in as uh, an 11 or 12 seed. So uh, I like that quote, though, from uh, Bob Huggins, though, and, and how he pursed it out, so to speak.
Okay, we'll get on to our bad goats here in just a second with Locked on Jayhawks. So finishing things up with Locked on Jayhawks with our bad goats. Tomorrow we'll have our KU Texas Tech preview. Then on Wednesday we'll recap the Texas Tech game. Um, Friday we'll have a KU Texas preview. The day in between on Thursday, I think we're going to do something where we examine KU's case for the number one overall seed, where they sit. Uh, obviously, it'll depend on what happens in the Tech game, but has Kansas at that point, if they win it, would they have clinched just getting a one seed in general? We'll, we'll talk all about that on uh, Thursday's episode. So our bad goats here, team defense. You had four or five starters step up. Jalen Wilson didn't have a bad game. He didn't have a great game. Why did you end up almost losing at home to West Virginia? Two things. Didn't get much from the bench. We'll get to that here in a second. The other team defense. You gave up uh, 100.7 adjusted points per 100 possessions according to Ken Palm. What does that mean? Basically adjusted with the schedule and, and who you're playing and everything. Um, or actually, I don't know if that's raw or adjusted, but whatever it is listed on Ken Palm. Uh, so basically, if you totaled out the amount of possessions you had and the points allowed per possession into 100 possessions, you gave up over 100 points there. Kansas coming into the game, coming into Saturday against West Virginia, in games where they had given up, over 100 points per 100 possessions. They were just six and four, which is still a winning record. But you compare it to when they don't, they're 17 and one. Those are pretty different records six and four versus 17 and one. So when you hold teams under 100 points per possession, this team is darn near unbeatable. When you don't, it's more of a coin flip. And so you did that against West Virginia which meant the game was more of a coin flip. And certainly it was toward the end of the game. You just kind of got away with one because of shot making. Um, honestly, Saturday's game could have been one that you could have heard. I, I do think this quote gets overblown because I think Bill Self, I've only heard him say it like, I don't know, maybe once or twice, is the, the fool's gold comment. That was one where he could have made the fool's gold comment about the game afterwards. I do think KU did a good job getting open shots, getting open threes. So you're going to make more than you don't when you do that, when you play the right way. So I don't mean this to say that like, you know, KU shouldn't have made all those threes, but if KU goes eight of 20 from three instead of 10 of 20, which would still be a really good shooting game, probably lose that game because you didn't do the little things well. And so I think if you were to ask Bill Self, like what his favorite win of the season was, it's probably the TCU game. Because they found a way to win an ugly game where they didn't play well, they didn't make shots because they made the other team play worse. If you were to ask him what his least favorite win would be, that might be in the discussion because you didn't find a way to make them play worse. You struggled rebounding the basketball. You struggled on the defensive end of the ball. You struggled with turnovers. You struggled with free throws. You struggled with closing out the lead. You struggled with some of the small things. You just made shots. And those are not Bill Self's favorite games. But in the end, you got the win, and that's all that matters. And you can learn from those things. Uh, I think it's a lie if you say, oh, you can only learn from losses. No, they can they can learn from some of these things and win, and I'd rather have the win. Uh, bench gets a bad goat here. 19 minutes played for everybody from the bench. The, the most was from Joe. He played 10 minutes off the bench. He had the only three points for the team, the only shots for the team, went one of five. None of the three other bench players with Bobby Pettiford, Ernest Uday, MJ Rice took a shot. But combined with those four players, 19 minutes played, three points, one of five from the floor. They had three rebounds, and they had six turnovers. Now, Bobby ran into a couple charges that I had, uh, I don't know if they were charges, but Bobby ended up with, with three. 
kind of struggled and you know you didn't get as much this game from Ernest who he also ran into some offensive foul trouble he got a couple quick ones there um again bit of a tough whistle there that that hurts that but you didn't get anything from the bench and we're kind of still going back and forth it you know you go back to January you weren't really getting anything from the bench every game at least now it's like well maybe like once every other game you're getting something from the bench which is important to at least get something on occasion but it's still not to the level of where it was like last year once you got to March once you got to the NCAA tournament you were getting something from the bench every game Remy Martin every game Mitch Lightfoot every game on the occasional game Jalen Coleman Lance this year, that's not the case, and that is a little bit worrisome as we get closer to being in March. Um, charges in college basketball, those just get a bad goat in general. KU called for six offensive fouls in the first half, one or two more in the second half. Uh, just so annoying, so annoying, man. Uh, free throw shooting also gets a bad goat. KU almost let the game get away with missing some free throws down the stretch, whether it was Jalen on the final one, Grady Dick missing one toward the end, like, Okay, you just kind of struggled with those free throws. We've seen that be a problem at times. It almost came back and, and bit them in this game. But in the end, again, okay, you gets the win. One win away from a uh, Big 12 championship, at least getting a split of it. We'll discuss that KU-Texas Tech game on tomorrow's edition of the show. You can hit me up on Twitter at Radio. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or, or on YouTube. If you have somewhere you can leave a good rating, please do. Give us a thumbs up. It's uh, super helpful on our end of things. We'll see you tomorrow on the next edition of Locked on Jayhawks. See you later today on RCST. Bye.